0: Cutting for sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Tenerife.
1: The bad white man call him the devil. The Yadabai call him eyes like the sky.
2: Sherry Anderson, you are a podcast host, life coach, and corporate wellness coach. You describe yourself as a guide keen to sit with people through personal and professional transitions or pain, whether from breakups, trauma, or injuries. You also help clients discover and affirm their vision, purpose, identity, and healing by unbreaking hearts and bodies and rebuilding authentic identities. You rather uniquely believe that the process of changing one's health, career, relationship, or finances includes actual movement. So you work with individuals and teams as a movement coach. Your podcast Unbreak My Heart is about navigating the messiness of breakups. The show's intent has been to facilitate conversations that lead guests and listeners to the keys to what shackles us to our breakup story and experience. Sherry, you value becoming aware of stress, managing the mind and emotions, being more deliberate, fully self-expressed, authentic, and empowered, both independently and in relationships. Sherry Anderson, welcome to Cutting for Sign.
3: Wow, thank you. Great yeah. Introduction. Well written.
2: <laughs> it sounds like someone's
3: telling me about myself as if I don't know me, but if that were me, I, I like it. Like I think I, it's I you, like Sherry. who that is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I thought you were going to gonna just you. say,
2: it's like someone's telling myself as if I care. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Which would have been fucking I mean, I have that not. side of my sarcasm.
3: <laughs> I just I wasn't sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just undercut the entire <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so this is,
0: this is a fun uh, episode because Sherry and I knew each other from a decade. We met in a community a decade ago. And we like, mm-hmm. you know, have been keeping in touch for the last 10 years. And then this guy, you guys, I don't, I forget how you meet, well, but you started talking. Yeah. Is it okay
2: to say how we met? Sure. Yeah. Well, I met. Ma- <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear I met with her on a date again. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And she didn't message me. <laughs> Is has where he, <laughs> the, the, girl, the woman has the opportunity; she gets to choose whether uh-huh, or not to mess uh-huh. And Sherry chose not to. This,
0: Dude, by the way, is this is was so like perfect. eight
2: months ago. This was a while ago. Yeah, and wow. and then I, being the persistent sob that I am, mm-hmm. uh really liked that you did a podcast. Like because no. you you wrote that okay. on there and i write there on that online and i just thought that was very very cool your podcast was very easy to find and i messaged her through her podcast like through a podcast thing and then we but then it was like not really i don't know it wasn't really dating we were talking podcasts yeah and then we connected through that and then but she didn't message me even back from that for like another few months
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then and the guilty doesn't the grin on your face doesn't sound like it was too much of a regretful choice. If either. it makes you feel any better,
0: I've known Daniel a long time too, maybe about the same amount of time. And we didn't really start hanging out until this last year. So. Yeah, Rome ghosted <laughs> me for eight years. <laughs> I had to make sure, oh, you know, I just had to like mm-hmm.
2: you know. Well, what was cool is that when we did start chatting, um, you know, got to know each other, like through the podcast values and listening, I uh, listened to a little bit of what you do and stuff. And then, and then she ended up uh inviting me on to be a guest on her show. And so I, we did that. Yeah. And then that became her here. So it was, that's a pretty cool little, oh. And then the most funny part is that you and <laughs> you knew mm-hmm. that I knew Ron
3: you... But I never said anything.
2: Yeah, she didn't say anything. Strong. That's a strong move. A <laughs> I
3: was move. like, uh, "This is amusing to me. I'm not sure if he'll mention me to Ron first, or I'll connect with Ron first. But either way, it'll be entertaining. This is my yeah. own sense of humor to myself to see how <laughs> Daniel connects. You and I knowing each other.
2: It's like it's just like a little just a just a soused manipulation. I the re- faintest whiff. I think I was walking I my dog.
0: Mocking my dog is where I do some of my best thinking. It's kind of similar to shower thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. And he, and he called me. I think I was walking my dog and he called me and he's like, "I'm going to be on a podcast, Sherry Anderson on Break My Heart." And I just started laughing. I was like, "Of course you are. <laughs> of course you're going to be on that <laughs> podcast." <laughs>
2: So you were both toying with me a little bit. Awesome.
3: Yeah, I like. I yeah, felt yeah, yeah. the anticipation of the joy you might feel when he mentioned it to you. Like I was waiting to hear back. So that is that's really good, fun for me. That's a good gift. Twinkle. That's a good <laughs> gift. I appreciate
2: that gift. Thank you, Jerry. You're welcome. That's a, that's a sweet spot of like being in in, in someone else's little web of of excitement. Is like yeah. I'm totally fine with it. that. Sounds great. That's, I, that's sit fantastic. back and enjoy it. You know.
0: Yeah
3: sherry you gotta to... To sure oh go ahead
0: no 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 no. i want you to make no the, yeah this no is more. where I'll ron says it.
2: a yeah, question yeah. that's like not very interesting and off topic and it ruins the flow <laughs> so please oh, like yeah. <laughs>
3: well i was just gonna say i needed to assure daniel that there wasn't any bad blood between the two of us like i was like secretly hiding that i knew you you know so he was no, like why didn't you mention this to me oh and the, i can hear it in his voice
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I could tell
3: he was like, "That's so weird that I'm meeting this person, and we're talking about, you know, sharing my story." And she like completely hides the fact that they know each other. I said, "No, yeah. no, it was completely out of entertainment." No, <laughs> like, you and I don't. No,
2: I don't trust. you. Sure, yeah. yeah, no, there's not a lot of bond.
3: Like,
0: <laughs> I kind of wish that Like, I, I wish that maybe there had been, we had played the storyline that you and I were like mortal enemies. Now you're talking. Like,
3: oh, talking yeah. Like,
0: like death you know fight to the death if we see each other in the street kill bill kind of style
2: like yeah. what's funny about that is that if you all on a whim because you do run into each other occasionally and talk, yeah. and you have you have yeah we like are
3: in the same neighborhood often
2: yeah it's not like oh, right. well i mean yeah. it's
3: your neighborhood i'm in it often
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anytime, um, welcome anytime you're welcome here anytime <laughs> my personal take is that you both missed an excellent opportunity to to Pull a practical joke on me and really have a little bit of fun. Next time
0: this happens, if it's between me or you or anyone else, and anyone else listening, like, I'm in for the long, the long con. I want to, I (laughs) want to like. I've always envied people people who
3: like can do that type of lifelong personal oh, no. prank on someone yeah totally so thank you for I mean, the invitation
2: absolutely absolutely maybe it's not too late for you to bolt to, to both cook something up like you could even weave it into like this is all part of the long con even this very comfortable laughy story is actually just to show that you really do hate each other An arbitrary
0: an arbitrary a lawsuit where Daniel's a key witness. (laughs) 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 We send him a letter. He's got to go to court. We're not there, of course.
3: (laughs) Yeah,
2: I want to be psychologically hurt by this, and really get through Uh, it. I can
3: easily see this happening, but we'll see about it. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. I like this idea.
2: I think I was was telling Ron. I was was I telling you the story of the twice. The two times in my life where someone did pull a, a good prank like this on me no i won't go into the total details of it but the, this was good like that one time i was i was uh i used to do a bit of acting and i was in a, a movie like an independent movie down in california i'd flown down to california to do it long story short we went through three weeks of filming and it was really good but it's also emotional and intense you know it was the film director's first movie uh feature length and all that well on the last day of shooting we're in a really nice hotel in the town, and we'd rented a room as the set as the set. Um, and all of a sudden I hear the director and the lead actor arguing, and then it builds and builds and builds, and they take they'd known each other for years, they start breaking out these things, the personal things that were obviously building through years. They're screaming and all of us leave the room we're sitting outside we're talking we're like what are we gonna do do we try to be help and they're just going and going and going and then it kind of comes down and we come back in and they look at us and they just point to one of the corners and there's a There's a camera filming all of it, and then they just smile. And something about that told us that it was all a funny punchline. They (laughs) nailed it, though. Oh, my god! They did it so well. Yeah. And then smash cut a few years later, a friend of mine did that to me. Walked in. We were co-directing something. We've been working for months on this play. It was a kid's play, a Shakespeare thing. <laughs> and he walks in in front of the person who was our ambassador to the actual school that the kids went to. Yeah. And he starts ripping me. He's a really good friend of mine. And he just rips and rips and rips. And I was like starting to get upset. And I was like starting to like cry. I was like, I wanted to, ta- I was, I was going through all kinds. I've never, this guy's never said an unkind word to me. And then he's going and going and going. The lady is really uncomfortable. And we're starting to like get up. We're in a restaurant. And then he starts laughing his ass off. And it sounds worse than I just said. It was perfect. Like he timed it excellently. And but he had to like put our friendship on the line. That's a I don't
0: I don't know if I'm capable of humor like that. That's super intense. That's kind of like it could have traumatized you. That could have blown up in his face. I
2: said the story a little bit wrong. He did it perfectly. He did it perfect. Like for everybody, it was a perfect build, tension, catharsis, laughter. Are you guys
0: still friends? That's the question. Oh,
2: he's never said an unkind word to me. That was 10 years ago.
0: But do you talk? Like, are you friends? Constantly. He's he's
2: one of my closest friends.
0: Okay. All right. I'll let this pass. But it's
2: something that you do. And this is my theory is when there's tension that builds over a, over a, over an intense thing that you're doing together, a movie we were co-directing a play. And there are things you notice about each other that get on your nerves. And then in both of those six situations, the people use those things and it ends up clearing the air and it ends up like being a cathartic reset. And because you get this huge laugh and this bond over, it was amazingly done. I couldn't do it because I would be too intense. I would I actually know, hurt someone.
0: I've, I think I would hurt someone so bad really? that it wouldn't, it would be irreversible damage. I don't think so. I think I, you'd do great. I, um,
3: I you'd do great at pretend <laughs> insulting to pretend friend.
0: to be pissed off and angry at somebody. You don't think so? I think the moment I like open the floodgate to like the truth, <laughs> like all of the all of the cattle that's like behind this chute, like suddenly get that's out and just
1: do.
2: burst open the fence and yeah, trample. For sure. For, sure. for sure. How about you? Do you mm. think you could pull something like that off?
3: If It depends on the rapport and chemistry I have with the person. Yeah. I I mean, I've yeah. I mean, I think I would have fun doing it and be able to pull it off, but it wouldn't be universal. It would not be a universal ability. Timing is yeah, no. And timing is so key. Like you can pull a prank. And then if you don't get the right moment where you let that person know, like, Hey, this is in fun, then you, you go too far and it's really hard to recover from crossing that line. 100% 100% Really hard
0: Yeah it is yeah. It Sounds like you've had Some experience in this I have had some This experience. is a prank And intervention. nothing as
3: intense As like hurting Someone's feelings But you know Just like hiding Fake roaches Around our house Like because With a roommate <laughs> That hated roaches I was very um, oh. Playful with this Creative Living roach And <laughs> she just
0: She couldn't handle never it Never
3: forgave me for it No oh, You went <laughs> <going> too far <laughs> no. I went too far I missed the moment To tell her like Hey it's not real And <laughs> Yeah, I won't. I'll spare you the details of the story. He's like
0: shaking, that, you know, uncontrolled yeah. in the corner. She it, had
3: to call someone else and be like, there's a roach in my bed and I can't find it. And oh, like, just, no. she, she escalated so quickly. I could not jump in at the right moment to de-escalate yes. it and make it like, this is supposed to be like a ha, playful ha, prank. Ha. Yeah.
2: So Google sometime, Jon Snow pranks his wife. John the Snow. actor that played okay. Jon Snow in Game of Thrones okay. loves practical jokes. And he had, he pranked his wife, his brand new, like they just, wait, got wait, 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 are you going to ruin this? Are you going to like tell no, us the prank? No, just fuck it. It's, it'll be, no, it's not that big a deal. Okay. Don't watch it. Uh, long story short, again, long story short, he, it's just a, it's just a video of his wife in their home. I can't remember her name, opening the fridge and fucking losing her mind, just terrified, freaking out, crying. Well, then the camera, Jon Snow, the actor, I can't know, I don't know his name either. He walks in and consoles her and stuff. And then the camera goes into the fridge and he had made a perfect, had a built, a perfect replica of his severed head. Oh, geez. The Goodness <laughs> gracious. But the funniest part of it is that when she freaks out, she has a Brita filter in her hand and she opens the fridge and sees it freaks out but she like runs over and puts the Brita filter down and then like continues her thing and that becomes the story of
0: like <laughs> somehow her brain wants to take care of the Brita filter sets it down doesn't lose it I like that okay all right so right my daughter uh asked me the other day we saw we saw a prank where the person has the the table with a hole cut in it and you put you know your head oh that's through a it. good one and and she's like I want to do that awesome and I thought Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's like go build a table, figure this yes. out, have the whole set and setting.
2: Birthday for more. Who more knows more what? Yeah. Something. Like, yeah, like
0: we're, it's going to happen. So you, you two are in on it. Of course, the what millions a simple of people listening. Word.
2: I, would, I, I love stuff like that. I want to be pranked so bad, do but you? I don't. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't. But I, I
3: feel like he's begging us indirectly indirectly yeah, indirectly to is. prank him.
2: He's like, please scare me, but not too much. Please <laughs> scare me. It's <laughs> a little like, I'm just allowing a little bit of room for a schizophrenic moment. I like, could do it. Don't fucking do it, but just please do it. All right. And don't.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sherry Anderson, you're a relationship expert and have a podcast mm-hmm. called um, Unbreak My Heart, which is a really really fun yep. podcast title. Is. I like it's that good. title. Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, so we thought we'd talk to you about breakups today.
3: How's that sound? Yeah. sounds fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not a fun topic, but from my point of view, getting to sit in the seat of listening to everybody's stories, there's quite a bit of variety and diversity and human experience, you know?
0: Yeah, it's it is one of those human experiences that's like, It's pretty close to universal, I'd imagine, Mm -hmm. like up there, you know, pretty high. And what was like, what was the moment where you like these stories that everybody has, like needs to be highlighted in some way? Was that because you thought like every, I think this is what Ron Cecil thinks. I think whatever pain we experience, we can mythologize into, I should say this, sometimes there can be a pain or something that is so great in our life that we can mythologize at some point thinking that no one else has experienced pain like this or no one or Mm -hmm. or the advice that could change other people wouldn't work for me right Mm -hmm. is that why partly why you wanted to talk about this kind of thing so that you could show people like hey you know hearing other people's bullshit breakup stories and and taking responsibility or being a victim will help other people begin to unwind that stuff.
3: I would say that would be like a secondary or like further tiered down thought. I mean, it's more of like the, the, the results or the product of the storytelling in my mind, like it, that wasn't what initiated yeah. me wanting to do it.
1: Yeah.
3: One summer and it like, it, it kind of is like a multi-step process. Like when I first moved to Oregon, I was divorced, freshly divorced, and entered into the dating world and thought people are really bad at this. And I thought if somebody were to write a book, you know, on dating, maybe yeah. it could help some people out, but I was never motivated to be that person. Um, fast forward one summer, literally seven close friends of mine were going through serious breakups from long-term relationships. And one by one, they would come over. I had just like a rotating part of my bed where there would be mm. tissues and tears and different friends came over and yeah. just wept and shared their sorrows. And, I was like, oh, um, people don't know how to process heartache unless, like, in a regular, everyday relationship-oriented way. Like divorce, yeah. if you were to research support on divorce, there's tons of data, research, books, yeah. therapists, et, et cetera, out there for divorce, but very little at that time was out there for people just going through a breakup. Yeah, and so I thought it was an opportunity to serve the people who are having their heart broken. And then also um, to really give that person the opportunity to move forward from their breakup without carrying the baggage because mm. it sucks to be in a fresh relationship with somebody who's stuck in their past. And not that we all don't have pockets where we're stuck in our past, whether it's childhood or otherwise, Yeah. but if you could start as fresh as you possibly could be like your best self because you really want to partner with somebody, why not? Yeah. have that pathway available to you yeah.
2: yeah i appreciate you saying um that people don't know how to do this in gen- general that's a pretty generalized statement but i think there's the, the the truth of it is is recognized it's and i'm i'm wondering as ron and i learn a little bit more about our emotions and um and what's really going on not just personally but the our biology you know the our bodies are have been t- took so long to be created that a lot of our responses to things that are happening in this modern world which are so new and varied and and they haven't been around through the creation process of our bodies that about our bodies are responding to it in the ways that it learned over millions of years and so for example as we understand or as i understand it you know we will experience a breakup sometimes like a death um because we are feeling sometimes like we are being kicked out of a tribe like the person we're bonded yeah. we're bonded to them as if they mm-hmm. are our family and the experience of getting kicked out of your family through this body's learning has been death you know the response mm-hmm. is death yeah. so we'll experience it as if it's death you know our own death and that's very intense and it's too much and now we experience that many times during a life. Maybe uh, our bodies didn't experience that many times in the life uh, through the creation of these bodies and the little tribes we we're in. And so it's like, good God, you're going to experience this trauma over and over and yeah. over. And then that's not even to say additional trauma that's in this life, it's our actual childhood and losing parents and you know, all the assault that's going on, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. it's super intense to experience grief these days, to experience it naturally and fully. Um, and as I talk, even just now, I'm, I'm wondering if it's just no, no wonder it is, you know, we're experiencing mm-hmm. something that's too intense and we'll experience it many times in a lifetime. And it's just overwhelming. So
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Does that make sense though? I haven't really seen Yeah,
0: it. no, I think that makes sense to me (laughs) to Ron. I I was thinking about David McRaney, who is, uh, you know, we had an episode with him a couple, couple episodes ago, and he was talking about the science behind, um, that people would rather face actual death. They would, they would rather face something that they could potentially going to die and then be rejected by their, by their community. Whether it's their family or lover or or a combination of that or their church or whatever it might be, like they would rather face actual death and like be cut off from the the tribe.
2: I I actually had a I heard that last night. I was re-listening yeah. to that that episode, and I I didn't. I feel like that could be better said because I I don't feel that way. So it's like all well, people, just would because, or is it certain people? Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: It's probably a baseline of you know some number. I mean, it's kind of like saying the greatest fear is. um public speaking speaking because I don't have that. I I can't necessarily (laughs) identify with that, but I do, I do know that feeling like when, when he was talking about that and I was in the process of leaving the evangelical church five years ago, like I was afraid of death because the death I was afraid of was fucking eternal fire. Yeah. Eternal flames. (laughs) Like, like, like it's not just leaving that community of people that I, by the way, also desperately wanted to be liked by received by, accepted by, all that stuff. And it was, okay, I'm cutting that off. But also fi- the fear was like, and they are also thinking I'm going to hell because of this. Yeah, And that was hard. That was emotionally, spiritually, physically hard for me to, to navigate that.
2: It was hard, but you didn't, well, you would rather die. Did you become suicidal?
0: Mm, I did not become suicidal. Uh, I know that that's not unheard of. Um, to be, to feel, have those feelings. Yeah, I get that. Um, but it's, but I have, you know, in that instance for me, that was the second time I've left the evangelical church. So, <laughs> so the, wait for the third. You, you never know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so nice. I did it thrice. <laughs> uh, it's like my dad says, you only get married twice.
0: <laughs> um, so I, Mm, I lost my train of thought where, you know, where I was. I mean, it was, it was, I was
3: going to jump in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, Go please.
3: If it comes back to you, feel free to interrupt me. But I think when we think about death, generally it's, it's a one dimensional thought. Right. And I think as I've matured over time and had more experiences with different types of loss and grief, I think death is multidimensional. So Mm. when you hear that that quote from your guest when you're genuinely facing death like you you're 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 100% present typically you're not mentally disassociated right like if you get in a car crash your life flashes before your eyes like there's so many things like if you're diagnosed with some terminal illness like you're you're all of a sudden your whole perspective on being alive like physically being alive comes into a different perspective and so when you think about what you know, and what's familiar to you, and there's the grief and loss around how we identify with what those familiarities are, and the longings of how we're created to want to be connected, to want to belong, to be accepted, to fit in all those things, then we have to keep living with re-learning or re-establishing an identity. And that process is not, I don't think, our natural human nature, right? Like, in human nature we we are meant to connect with humans and in one another and one another it's like cutting out again no, you can I can say you're, yeah you're good okay um we cut out we it, it's just we lose we lose that part of what we had hoped for dreamt for and what we're gonna build and grow in together, and so when that's taken away from us and we have to Become that phoenix rising from the ashes, that's exhausting, right? Like yeah. it's beautiful and metaphorical, and there's something really yeah. special and powerful about it. But because you have to overcome so much to become that phoenix who can rise, and then to know you're vulnerable, that it can happen again, like that part of our human capacity is mind blowing and also exhausting, right? Like to yeah. me, death is multidimensional in that sense. Like if you have to face death, it's like over, you don't have to keep living with what happens after death i mean whatever happens yeah. after death we don't know right there's a million theories about what that could be but as far as we know in this version of life like it's done but when we go through that other type of loss we have to re-establish so much stuff yeah. and it's work well
2: said yeah, yeah, especially really well said. having to re-establish that stuff when you're emotionally suffering you know it's not mm-hmm. like you're it's not like you're built up into this great you know, strong, stable space, and then be like, "Hey, go reinvent yourself." Yeah, you know, it's like you got to do it kind of at your potentially at your weakest, you know, or weekend. It's
0: it's been a long time since I've been in a relationship that has the you know, I've been I've been married my second marriage for for you know eleven years, and we've been together for thirteen years. And the little bit of dating I did between my first divorce, my first divorce, my first marriage, and and this marriage. Um, pretty casual and yet every breakup was like really painful. Even, even mm-hmm. when it felt casual and it was like, there wasn't a lot at stake. I remember trying to be so gentle with this girl and you know, picked her up and she immediately knew because my who knows what was going on with my vibe, but like I drove her kind of far to a pub. Like she wanted to go to this pub. This was in England and it was like a while to get there. We get to the pub and it takes me five minutes to break up with her. (laughs) And she's she's a long trip back. She's like, You could have done this over the over the phone. And I go, could have, you know, could I? Like, would that have been acceptable? Mm -hmm. And she's like, Yeah, you know, like, you know, so (laughs) (laughs) you're a little little stuck on ceremony. Yeah, a little bit. So then there was the 40-minute drive back. was not pleasant because I was in a sports car driving kind of fast and she had been also traumatized in a sports car before. Oh like, man wow. this so. is the worst break-
2: that's a pretty good breakup story actually.
0: So we're not in touch anymore as you can
3: imagine. <laughs> <laughs> not friends,
0: no.
2: uh,
3: <laughs> doors of closed Yeah.
0: yeah. Huh. Is there is there like a way? I and mean, this is a question for you two or I don't know both of you or one of you but is there a way to enter into a relationship that has the potential for a long-term connection, but also has the potential to say, if we don't make it, can we decide now that there's no hard feelings? Can we decide now that this time together is valuable and good, and we don't have to count it as a loss? We don't have to see it as a negative view of ourselves, and we just aren't compatible.
2: I love that question. That's a great question. Is
0: that real, or is that pie in the sky thinking?
3: Do you want to answer it first?
2: I I have a lot to say about this, so take take the stage. <laughs>
0: he's <laughs> just gonna one up you once you're done. I'm he, not gonna, <laughs> he's gonna let you out just, on the floor, I just, and then
2: he's gonna take it. I'm excited about that question. That's okay. a great question. Is that? So,
0: I mean, is that a Gwen? Uh, what's her name? Uh, the Goop person. What's her name? Mm.
3: Uh, uh,
1: Gweneth Gwyneth
0: Paltrow. Paltrow. Oh, Gweneth Paltrow. Oh yeah,
3: yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: uh, is that like a Gwyneth Paltrow? Like, you know. Stretch of of reality.
3: I mean, no. The answer is no.
0: Okay. We can. Okay. Unless,
3: we. Can. Yeah. It's a one hundred percent super clear no. However, nothing that we do with a relationship is a black and white clear experience. So, I don't think if if the relationship was maybe twenty four hours, like if it's but you're going long term and yeah. that's had the question, you can't start now and decide what will happen in the future and say we'll have no hard feelings but what you I think you could say is at some point after we've overcome those hard feelings can we have peace between us whatever that might be I think 100% yes yeah yeah I would just shift the question a tiny bit in that way
0: gotcha gotcha Mm
3: -hmm.
2: well plus maybe you can't you know I think that that's kind of the way I was taking your answer too is you don't know that you will but there might be a way when well, maybe this is somewhere that I, mean, I wouldn't say I feel strongly enough on this to, or certain enough to disagree with what you just said, but I do wonder if there are ways to, in the beginning of a relationship, set an intention and, and voice that intention and be on the same page with that intention of like, Hey, let's not hurt each other. Um, and whether or not that actually happens. Uh, maybe you're right it can't there always will be uh, pain and then that pain can heal fair enough, you're probably right. but I kind of wonder if there is a way to just be so communicative and intentional and honest in the beginning.
3: Uh, I think you can start with the intention but you can't promise the outcome where there's green. no hard feelings. yeah so you can't, That's all you, I'm saying.
0: I was thinking about um, the woman I was married to before and and she had said, we had been separate i think we were separated for over a year and um and had said to me during that time like it, she hadn't said she hadn't asked me for the divorce actually i think she had asked me for the divorce at this point point. and for some reason for her she was she that provided a lot of emotional relief for her and and was able to say with a lot of clarity with a lot of like good good nature towards me Ronnie, I can see a future where we're friends. Not only that, but I can see a future where you and your future partner and me and my future partner are actually friends or actually like Mm -hmm. can be, can do this. And I was like, immediately rejected that notion. Like right away, I did, I didn't have the capacity to not feel resentful because I was unsure. You wanted
3: her to be your wife still. Um, probably letting her go. Yeah, point, I, think.
0: I think at that point, there was some of that. But there was also all of the like, all of the social pressure that I had put on myself, mm-hmm. having grown up in the evangel evangelical church, having parents who were divorced 13 times between the two of them. And um, wow. that I thought, if I can just not do this, I'm going to make it I'm going to beat them, I'm going to not become my dad, I'm not going to become my mm-hmm. mom, and I'm going to win. And so you know, my ex-wife, like she was contending with someone who was valuing the idea of marriage more than me valuing myself, like my actual identity sure. and mm-hmm. also her value, like how I valued her. Like I was so fixated on like not breaking the bond mm-hmm. because it meant something that I was making up than actually taking care of who Ron Cecil was. Um, but now, you know, fast forward a bunch of years right probably 15 years and yeah about 15 years and and we she and i have to communicate for for various reasons uh, that i covered in the jay baker episode um which you don't you don't know this story but i'll, I'll give it a brief one um okay. i i'm in the process still and i'm undecided if i'm going to complete it of becoming a confirmed catholic practitioner and um and part of the process of becoming of having a Catholic confirmation is that if you're if you had been married before, you have to have that old marriage annulled within the Catholic Church, mm. which is a years long process. And I'm not exaggerating. It is years long. And and when the idea and I've I've I'd, I'd been quite attracted to the Catholic Church, and I just want to say it as an, as an addendum. I am not suggesting nor think that anyone on earth should be Catholic. Like that is not, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that's not my propaganda. I question it myself all the time. Yeah. I was going to say it's, I'm shocked. There's another time, but I'm Uh, shocked that you. On paper, it makes no sense. (laughs) Okay. anyway, It makes no sense. In practice, Mm -hmm. in practice, there's profound experiences that I've had, including reconnecting with my ex-wife and formally forgiving each other for who we Mm. were at that time and formally forgiving each other for the actions that we participated in and i i don't know like if there are miracles Mm. that was a miracle i experienced because i didn't want to go in that annulment process but it gave me a tremendous gift which gives me trust about like well what what else is available to me i don't know the question i don't know the answer to that but um now that I'm on the other side of that, like I can't imagine us all being friends.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: I'm not trying to seek it out, but like I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. she was probably completely right uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> about yeah, that. And sure. and and I think <clears throat> with that question that I asked it's a little loaded in the sense that like I hope that we could all be adults and and choose the best possible outcome for each other. But I also know that when you're in a in a in an offended state it creates so many blind spots in us that it's like really difficult to see the full picture of what's going on. Well,
2: being pretty entrenched in the dating world and active in it and communicating and meeting a lot of, in my case, women, I find a lot of women um, want something in general that a lot of men aren't willing or ready to give.
0: Wait, can I ask you? Can I ask Sherry to guess what that is before
2: you say yeah, what that is? Yeah, I <laughs> play around, play around. What? Uh, I mean,
3: the first thing that pops in my mind is commitment, but I don't know if that's what you were going to hey. say. That. Okay. And okay. then
2: that, and then what that, what commitment looks like is is, <laughs> mm-hmm. is is a further discussion. But in one word, yes, that's what I find all the time, mm. constantly. But really, what there's a couple things going on there, and I don't not to say I, I know the situation inside now, but I do know that. Regardless of what a uh, uh, one person interested in another person is willing to give um, and is and bring to the table, and blah blah blah, is, is it's really what sets us up for success in a relationship, in a breakup, in, in any gray area transition in and out of togetherness, is knowing oneself. That's vague, but just is like yeah. know what it's you true. like, yeah. know what you want, yeah. know what make mistakes, know that you don't need to make them again. Um, I think knowing oneself is a great conversation. What does that mean? Knowing what you want is part of that and knowing what you have to offer, you know, hmm. knowing your strengths, hmm. knowing the places that you know what not to do, but you're emotionally still not capable of actually falling through with that. That would be part of knowing oneself. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to be able to um, come to another person and, and, and say and present yourself and offer and then go on an adventure together and then have that have minimal pain especially if it ends up going uh away um away from you know transitioning apart but i do think that that and i'm not interested in avoiding pain i am uh, interested in avoiding unnecessary pain particularly pain that me not knowing myself causes you know and I think that that's yeah. an interesting talk. So maybe it's a matter of degree. Can you get out of a, of a situation without heartbreak? You know, probably not, but can that heartbreak instead of being a seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, be a two, three, four, five, like that yeah, would, make I would agree with that. All the yeah. difference in my experience of this world. Yeah. Yeah.
3: However, I think when we're thinking about that, it's hard not to ask that question and answer it through your own, personal history you know the filter that we have oh, our totally, own experience yeah. yeah um just as you were sharing I, I just have like little snippets of stories of different people's breakups that come to mind and just there's some people out there that are just truly deceptive uh yeah. this one woman fell in love she fell in love overseas with a man who is from america as well and he had a double life you know she found out that he had a wife and yeah He proposed to her and like all this stuff. And to the extent that she was, could be authentic. She was only to find out that this person was, you know, living a double life. And it's just crazy. And you just have to decide if you're that person, you know, on the, on the, on the dark side of that experience, are you willing to forgive and move forward and not use that as a form of, um, you know, like a vow, like I can never trust anybody again or right. I can never trust men or yeah. women or whatnot. Yeah. Like, can I ever trust myself again? Yeah. You know, it's just, it wrecks you in that way. And if you're willing yeah. to come through it, then, you know, there's hope, but some people yeah. just get stuck. And but that's, that's one of the things I feel most passionate about. Is like, wherever that you're stuck, like, do you want to be unstuck because it's possible?
2: Yeah. And well, regarding deceptiveness in, in the dating world is like, of course, there are extreme examples. There's the whole spectrum, you know? Uh, of mm-hmm. of deceptiveness but I, I think that they're all really damaging in, in different ways and like I personally am a pretty I'm on the path of awareness and understanding of myself and yeah. I'm getting better and I still find myself wanting to be deceptive particularly around dating when I meet someone that I'm excited about it's like it's like all the parts of myself come straight to the forefront and Mm -hmm. start and start wanting to, to like get live, right. Wanting to be and say putting their little two cents in and that wounded parts are right there and they have a loud voice and it's, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the conversations that I'm excited about having is putting that part of myself out there for people to see for the, the woman I'm interested in to see, like if I can reach a place of like radical honesty and just be like, listen, I'm kind of being a shit right now. And this, (laughs) and I've done that, Mm -hmm. you know, to varying extents. And I'm like, it's liberating because you realize you don't have anything to be afraid of, Mm -hmm. you know, and we can go into all that stuff. But the idea being that uh, having a conversation um, in my case, like for, for men to be like, listen it's okay for part of you to want to be in a committed relationship and give everything you want you can to someone and also have another part that's like frustrated that you'd be leaving too much behind and then that's a very simplistic way of doing you can unthread the impulses that we all have and the parts of ourselves even more but the gist is is that there's more than one voice and more than one desire inside and that's okay how do we get this all to to um to not equal deceiving someone how do we get this all to start trending in in a better direction how do we how do we find a way to be that part of ourselves that doesn't experience and act from a place of lack like this is the last woman on earth this is the best and i have to put everything it's like no Mm -hmm. there's too many people on earth to to think that how can we turn back toward ourselves become a better person who can act with more integrity these are questions that i think are, are really really valuable
0: do you, so? Do you think that part of that is is, I, I'm just so I'm understanding because yeah. I, 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 I identify with the part of that you were describing where there's a part of you that still wants to somehow be dishonest. Yeah, right. And I and I get that. Like I know that talking to my children, talking to my wife, mm-hmm. talking to my CPA, talking well, whoever it might be, there's a way mm-hmm. where like how do I? I'm I'm unconsciously trying to present as perfect. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, I'm trying to like hold it all together. And, and the more I can, for me, the more I can release the need for a perfect, a perfect presentation, the less pressure I feel on myself to continue that, you know, continue that facade, like holding it up. And, and for, you know, some really clear examples at this point in my life are being honest about. With my kids about things I've struggled with in the past, and the 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 compromises and characters that I've had, essentially trying to get people to like me, and and is it because I know there's this dilemma, right? Like if a guy says I want to be committed, but right now I don't know if I can commit, is that is the is the pain or the fear that like well when a woman hears that saying like I'm out immediately,
2: that's like being rejected. From, that can be a very strong experience. Wow! I experience yeah. that. I experience that more and more as time goes on, as I'm more honest. Yeah. I experience that two times a week sometimes. So, but sure. do you
3: perceive it as rejection in that way?
2: Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. No,
0: no, no, no. Right. This is gone. Keep going. Yeah.
2: I I'm starting to learn that it's just not a good fit, and that by saying mm-hmm. by reckoning, saying what I really have to offer and what I really want, at least closer to it. And mm-hmm. then experiencing the disappointment of oh, that's not what I want. Yes, part of me experiences that as rejection. Part of that probably experienced that on the level of me losing my mom when I was very young. You know, mm-hmm. that was a potent part of my life. And I think it mm-hmm. echoes. And even if it's mm-hmm. not inherently true, it's the story I've been going with, you know. That's right. And so. I but confronting it over and over and working with like what Ron and I do with working on our values and living more aligned and congruent with with our values, I, I realized that it's not the end of the world I don't experience it like me, you know this body. 3 million years ago getting kicked out of the tribe or even 5000 years ago where exile is death, I really am experienced it like oh. That's not the right person that relieves room for another person. Also pat on the back for, for both of us realizing Mm -hmm. that we don't. And I, I live part-time in Portland and I live part-time in Northern California. Telling a person that I'm dating that is often
3: doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me. Mm -hmm. And
2: so finding when to do that, when do I do that is the best time, you know? And now it's like, I, I rarely go on a date before they would know that. But I experience a lot of like, this person's amazing. I have to tell them this thing. that's probably not going to work for them and then say, no, thanks. But now it's not that hard, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, but that's for a lot of other reasons that have to do with loving oneself. And I think that again, I would just go back to a greater conversation of the reason that women maybe are finding in general, so generalized that men can't commit <laughs> is because men <laughs> in general. And people in general, we, we really don't know ourselves as much as we could.
3: Or we spend a lot of time protecting ourselves. It's like mm-hmm. another way of saying something similar.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think is, um, is there, like when you were talking, what I was really thinking about is the time as you're dating, like, you know, when I did the last time I dated somebody was my 20s, my mid 20s and I'm 42, <laughs> it'll be 42 next month. And so a lot I, you know, I have grown and matured beyond my wildest dreams. And what's the protocol? now for like dating like when you have a first date i got to go on a first date with daniel and a girl the other night which was really, <laughs> fun. Was really, really
1: fun
0: neither of us knew that we that's were going on this first date not i mean daniel knew but the girl nor i knew that we were both going to be there it's a little <laughs>
2: practical jokey almost it was
0: a little practical it was a little not practical. that i would
2: turn the first date into a practical joke but that's another story. it was it ended up being
0: pretty pretty good time. it was awesome yeah was we had a good pretty time sure
2: it was one of the best dates she'd ever been on but it also was one of the worst
0: it could have been disastrous but it was all great um is there a conversation like, should there be a conversation pretty quickly on, hey, I want to keep this casual, on a certain number of dates, a certain amount of time? Uh, at what point does does a does a couple who are dating casually begin to say, I'm looking for something, I'm looking for commitment, I'm looking for a long term thing, because it does it t- does it tow tow That's you too quickly like? If you, you know, if you and I both know that we want something commitment, does that create Mm -hmm. too much of a, of a, of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, are we automatically now bringing too much of ourselves and too much of like, of a, I can't think of the word, um, pressure yeah there's expectation expectation thank you expectation mm-hmm. like like do now has our vision narrowed and we're unable to see a bigger picture because we're thinking we're just trying to say and do the things that are going to equal a long-term success rather than like taking it slow you know i mean I'm, i hate to i hate to to uh reduce this you know to to a, ca- a, a shitty metaphor purchasing something but we've been there <laughs> where we have we we we're, we're, we're we need to make a pretty committing purchase and there's like a lot on the line. And what do you think? Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, I I think it's, I think it's tricky. I think dating is tricky, especially since a lot of it happens online first. Um, I mean, if it happens in person, great, but typically it seems like the common practice is more online connections and you're set with a filter so you can put it out there and maybe people don't like to do that but most people will say this is what i want so from re- before you even know the person you can read they want marriage they want something casual well that's so not true gives you-
2: that's only no? true on, on i'm on a lot of apps and that's only true on one app <laughs> Oh,
3: <laughs> okay i don't really know all the filters but god
2: i wish it was on all of them but it's only on mm. one and then it's left up, left to you to choose whether or not you want to put that information forward, which most people exactly. Do
3: yeah, it is, mm. it is optional what you want to add to it. Um, I, this is a hard question for me because, in general, like if, if you're just thinking about the progression of life, one of the things that is always happening is managing expectations, personal, mm. professional, otherwise, right? Yeah. And when we feel hurt, it's because we had a picture in our mind. And when we don't get what's in that picture, we have like a, we experience some type of conflict right. <laughs> it's on the spectrum. Right. Yeah. And so, and if you're too vague, like I'll give you a personal example. So on one of the apps that I'm on, uh, you can change, and maybe it's on many, but just one in particular, I know you can go anywhere you want in the world. You can pick any location. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can, you can just put yourself as if you live there. Yeah. And yeah. If you're going to start trying to match with people and connect with them, when they find out, oh, you don't even live in that same country on the same continent, it's frustrating. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's that's more unrealistic than I had anticipated, you know, to be like, oh, yeah. yeah, if we have this good connection, then we'll figure out how to meet and see what happens. So the more specific I've become, hey, I travel between these two states and here's when I'm here and here's when I'm there.
1: Yeah. It's
3: so much more fluid to interact and connect. Uh-huh. And there's just, I think, all these little fractions of transparency, honesty timing and it's so unpredictable and vast to me i don't know if there's like an an actual answer but just i think it's a big experiment that we're all (laughs) living inside of and figuring it out super
0: wild yeah well
2: it's
3: uncomfortable that's my my experience
0: makes me uncomfortable (laughs) thinking about it (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: i I think it is it is very interesting what your question what you just said and it's something that i confront a lot That moment and this situation of what, how soon, when do we say what we really want, assuming we really really even know. And you get a lot of people who say, I want a relationship, a traditional, long-term, monogamous relationship. Now, if someone says that right away to me, I think that's not what I'm open to right now. At the same time, a little part of me is like, well, I also would love to be swept off my feet by like the most amazing person ever and a great fit. So you got to kind of like say, well, yeah, that mostly doesn't work for me. Yeah. But also I think that it's important to recognize that in general, men not being willing to commit and in general, women wanting a long-term relationship, both of those can be codependent or uh, undeveloped stances. Because a lot of times what I find is that uh, is like people who are looking for a long-term relationship, they're not doing it from a place that is aligned with their who i would observe you know yeah. dare i say you know i don't really know the person but it's not really i wouldn't say if knowing this person they need to jump into a relationship right now you know but that's right. what they want and then they'll right. put that out there all the time but what i've found and i have found this this is pretty open so like like you know mm-hmm. be gentle here but this is you're
0: also on a recorded podcast that gets <laughs> distributed world, just, just to give you a heads up
2: <laughs> everybody be gentle you know? I'm this is, this is the type of conversation I think it's valuable to have in public, you know, Yeah. because we're unthreading and getting a little more nuanced instead of saying, we're not having a conversation griping about how men don't, men don't want to commit and women do, because that's not a very accurate assessment of what's I would going agree. On out there, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. like we're untethering this with threading it, so yeah. you know, and putting it on the thing, slice it open, look, look what's inside. And I have found because I do date. I date consistently. I date with heart. I date with integrity and intention. I really do. Mm -hmm. I don't always succeed. I definitely hurt people still, Mm -hmm. but like I'm on the adventure and it's a valuable one. And one of the things I've found is that a lot of women are, who are looking for a long-term relationship are much more open to something other than that with someone who is going to be honest and they're open Mm -hmm. to explore and be true. While I was dating someone recently who said, who said, I do want a long-term relationship. That's what I look for. She goes, I want to do life with someone. I've done a lot of other ways of relating. And this is what I've arrived on. It was nice to hear. She'd done non-monogamous. She'd been monogamous. She'd been hurt. She'd done well. She'd done all that. She's just like, I'm ready to do life with someone. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, and she goes, but I also know that it's unrealistic for me to get all my needs met by one person. And so at this stage, I'm okay with spreading that out. And she's like, Daniel, you, you offer a lot of things that I want you don't offer everything but I'm gonna I'm still looking what I'm looking for but I'm gonna take something from you you know and it was a little Mm. bit slightly a transactional uh moment that we went into but I appreciated it because Mm. it was honest it made sense we found out where we fit you know and then she she's like willing she free to do what she needs to do to find what she really wants and as long as what we do doesn't take too much of her emotional capacity away from what she really wants and it adds to it, then it worked. Hmm. That's a person who has came out right in the beginning and said, I'm looking for this, but we found something that worked for both of us that could Mm -hmm. actually aid both of us on our adventure. You know what I mean? So I liked that they said that they wanted a long-term relationship and they were very clear about it, but they also were kind of, they had a lot of, they knew themselves Yeah, because I've been with other people who I feel like they missed out on something that maybe we could have had together that Mm -hmm. wouldn't have taken away from what they really wanted because they're just so blinded by this, like, in uh, my opinion, sometimes fantasy that you're going to find someone and then all your problems are going to be solved.
0: Oh, there's a, there's a strong fantasy. Morgan and I, I mean, I've, I've lived in the fantasy (laughs) deep, deep in the fantasy of one, you know, thinking that being married would somehow fix my life. Like, Finding the one would somehow it's probably just going to make me rise to the occasion. And instead it was now I'm attached to somebody who has to witness how inept (laughs) I am at
1: Mm
2: -hmm. driving
0: this car called my body and, and have no, you know, user manual to this brain and, uh, And it's taken a long, long, long time, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of saying, I'm sorry with Morgan, my wife Mm
1: -hmm.
0: over these, over this last, you know, 13 years together. And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, just, just so you know, Sherry, like, I can't tell you how many times my brain, which is pre-programmed to, to hit the divorce button because of my family Mm -hmm. origin, Like, it's like, it's like just a hair trigger. Like. You know, you hurt mm-hmm. my feelings. Divorce—that's like where my brain goes. <laughs>
2: really? I've yeah, never heard you say Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: totally. Yeah, it totally is. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thing that my brain brings up first. You know, it just comes to the top, coming yeah. to the surface. And M- Morgan's family of origin, like th- her parents, have been married for, you know, coming on forty something years. No, fifth, mm-hmm. cl- getting close to fifty at this point. And, wow. and. So I will like we'll get in a tiff, even a real bad one, even an ugly one, like a real stinking like multi-month long, <laughs> you know, like, where we're grueling, we're in the mud, and we're like it, we're so tired that we can't even hit each other. But just the resentment. It's
3: like, <laughs> what a great metaphor. Yeah.
0: We're just like looking at each other, in our eyes, and like trying to hate each other, and never, <laughs> you know, a- afterwards. Her, her- to be
2: clear, you don't beat each other.
0: Never. We've never struck each other. <laughs> it's
2: a metaphor.
0: It's a metaphor. It's all a metaphor. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll get to the other side of it and I'll say something like, I was so, you know, I'll, I I think I even had threatened her with like the courthouse, you know, something at some point. Ooh. And this was a few years ago. And and then on the other side of it, she's looking at me, she's like, divorce never came into my mind as an option. <laughs> oh, wow. mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and like why do you think you need to
0: go nuclear oh you know God. and i re- and i finally learned years later that turns out and, and this is something else you don't know about me maybe you do uh but i did not get diagnosed with adhd until i was like 38 or 39 and okay, yeah, no, i hadn't and and then it took me another couple of years to really like ask questions around how an H- how an adhd brain works and why it thinks this way and i and i Have since discovered like so much of my neurosis, like so much of that ability to go nuclear really quick. It's just Mm -hmm. like, that's just the way my brain works. It's like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's ADHD thinking it's like all or nothing, black Mm. or white, like in or out, like, and, 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 and it goes back to what you had said earlier about expectations and a picture of something in our mind. And when life doesn't look like that picture, it's all, it's all bad.
2: All is lost. All hope Mm -hmm. is lost. (laughs) We might as well burn it to the ground. Do you? Th- okay, so just I'm hearkening a little bit back to kind of where I ended and where you picked up. Okay. Um, when I when I express that I meet people often who it just I just get the sense they're wanting to fix some of their problems. Yeah. with a relationship oh. now maybe that <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> fix some of the problems, run away <laughs> pause, get run excited okay. um so i understand that that you can know that your problems are going to continue if they're not addressed and not be solved by a relationship yeah and a lot of maybe a lot of the people that i would you know, harsh, harshly, you know, I, and prematurely say, oh, it sounds like you're wanting a relationship for the wrong reasons. Um, they might know very well. Oh, I know my problems will continue. I would just rather work them out in partnership instead of alone.
0: I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I had to do a lot of dismantling for myself because my, I was raised by a person who's codependent, who was raised by someone who was codependent. And, I, and mm-hmm. I can keep going, right? Like, who knows? Who knows how far back? All the way back to the caveman, right? Like, and <laughs> um, and I had to become so independent and autonomous on my own, and and differentiated from Morgan because of the patterns that I saw of codependency in myself. Mm-hmm. That I I was like finally a couple of years ago going like I was like I'm going to be okay whether we make it or not, and I and I kind of. St- started like leaning towards, like, yeah. I am in this own shell on my own, like mm-hmm. operating as if mm-hmm. we're not together. And, and which I really needed, I needed that yeah a lot. And it was I remember really, seeing
3: that transpire, oh, like thanks. from a close distance. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it was he- <laughs> like, it felt good and healthy. Mm-hmm. And it w- wasn't until it, this winter that Morgan and I realized, like, actually, there's still a lot of value in in the healing journey together. When someone decides with someone else that we're going to commit to life together and we are going to commit to seeing each other's realness and we're going to stop presenting the way that we thought we needed to present to be accepted and we are going to say what we need we're going to create boundaries (laughs) We're, you know, all the, the healthy thing we're, we're going to therapy. We're doing all, you know, all this stuff Mm -hmm. and Jesus, there's like, like, I don't know how to replicate this anywhere else. I don't think you have to be in relationship to be healthy, but there is a gift of being seen by somebody and being accepted and loved and nurtured through difficult Mm -hmm. times. It really is. I think if there's a fantasy that has any kind of like hook and reality the hook is when you both are well aware enough of your of your angels and demons within you or your or your neuroses or however you want to describe that and you realize that there's no way that the other person can actually fix you and there's no expectation for you you know on either end to do that for each other but what it really is is a witness and also the gift of saying, Hey, I know that you, you're unable to do this heavy lifting in whatever emotional way that needs to happen. Mm. And I'm going to love you through this anyway. And, and I'm going to be with you and you can fall apart and you can do whatever you need to do. <clears throat> I've thought about it. And, in and in, in I, I remember I grew up in a church as a child that had a, um, uh, uh the wife was, was wheelchair bound and she was, really disabled Mm -hmm. like she couldn't do much more than move one hand and talk and I thought I've I've really have thought about like is that a measure of that guy's like character Mm -hmm. I don't know where they met I don't know what part you know in her health journey that was but but they were older and this was in the 80s and and he had described to me even then like how like yeah I have to clean her i have to do you know he was being really honest with like how that relationship and i've mm-hmm. thought about that like if if my if i was an invalid would someone take care of me like yeah. would i take care of my wife and uh, you know obviously it's easier for me to say like hell yeah i would do that like
2: for sure good yeah i was just gonna say i think i think a person doesn't need to be in a need to be in a relationship to go on a very healthy grow- growth
0: journey no yeah yeah
2: and if you're connecting with people could but but i would agree that connecting with people is probably would probably facilitate more growth yeah and maybe there's different times in life where we connect in different ways but i know that at least for me i know for you watching you do things like you're doing the growth. You can do potentially Ron. It could only be done in relationship, you know, like it's just, it's happening and it's, it's, you're ready for it. You're taking, you've taken the bait and the hook and you've said yes to it and you're, you're in your spot and you're going through the growth. I I know I'm also doing that, you know, through relating and through focusing on my, one of my weak spots, which is how to relate healthfully to women, you know? And so I think that whatever a person chooses their path wherever they're at just know that if you do it with integrity if you want to do it with integrity which by the way when i say i date with integrity like don't ask like someone i was dating six months ago that question because <laughs> they would be like no he does not because i
1: because
2: <laughs> I, I can reach a spot where i couldn't yeah. like i was too much to be honest as honest as i needed to be you know it's too so, too scary it, it was too yeah. much yeah it was yeah. too much and um so it's a process but my point being like i just think that regarding the question that kind of your uh the question that started all of this you know to to really to really spare suffering or get suffering to be an appropriate amount and not have it be way more than it needs to just finding one's values and just saying yes to the adventure of of sticking to them and especially through dating and connecting romantically to whatever partner one chooses or partners one chooses like that's at least from my perspective is one of the mm. I, that's why I love what you do I from the moment like that we started chatting and I saw your podcast I was like a podcast that folks focuses on how to heal breakup grief is the hardest emotion for me breaking up it's the yeah. most difficult thing for me to do in life and I was like, this person is doing a podcast that focuses on that and brings people in. It's great work, you know.
3: Thank you. Uh, when I'm listening to what you guys are saying, <laughs> it's hard because I feel like we I could like spend three hours on any independent hey, part of what we're talking about.
1: Totally.
3: Um, coming full circle to the idea of breakups, we are focusing a lot of these this dialogue on single people dating going through breakups, but breakups happen with married people as well. And what I really like and admire about yours and Morgan's experience. I mean, you guys share it to some extent publicly. Yeah. You guys have had several breakups without being divorced.
1: Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah.
3: Mm. Yeah. And it's really like from being married in my past, if I knew how to just break up with my husband, but not get divorced, I've, I've thought about that over the past mm-hmm. 12 years of mm-hmm. being divorced. Uh, I knew then that I did not have the capacity to stay with somebody who I didn't believe chose me and loved me. Mm-hmm. Even And I was so disappointed and frustrated with myself self because I believed myself to be someone who could do that for him. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can choose and love you in spite of yourself. But I had always thought, well, we would fight together for that. But I did not have any capacity like nurturing, history, education, mentors, family, Mm -hmm. friends like that knew how to come alongside of us to go, hey, you're going to be broken up probably for who knows, like could be 10 years. And if you just don't get divorced, but you keep sticking with one another through this ugliness and this darkness, it could be a really incredible transformation for both of you together. And I think that could have been a path I chose and I, Mm -hmm. I saw it like intuitively, Mm -hmm. but I knew my immaturity and my, my programming, my programming would just, it kept me from being able to push through those constraints. So I think that's also another fascinating thing when you, when you think about breakups, it's for me, one of the hard things when we're single is, You want to have innately, I mean, I'm going to oversimplify this, that long-term partner where you can accept each other and you do commit and you're like, okay, ride or die. But when things don't go well, like you and your wife, for example, like you're unpacking, you're deconstructing, you're dismantling your your whole identity and makeup and then becoming someone different through Mm -hmm. it all. Yeah. And you're responsible for all this other stuff going on in life. How do you do that when you're just dating, you know? And yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do that. I think it's really tough. Um, and like, we're you, talking about stuff that's yeah. deep, right? Like yeah. we don't necessarily jump into those level of connection points when you're in a relationship. That's only, even if it's only five years old, right? Like there's still a lot of, um, uh, standard, standard operating procedures at play. You know, it's just like what is it, the seven year itch where people start to go, okay, wait a minute. Like this Mm -hmm. is different than what I had thought, or I'm different than what I once was. Yeah. I don't
2: I don't know if that's the case. I I hear what you're saying and I think it's easy to think that. I just think um that that there's like just thing just ways you can't grow if you're just dating, you know.
3: Oh, Um, I'm not saying that. That's if that's how it came across, that's not what I meant.
2: Well I might have misunderstood.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: you you did say no I think you
3: can grow either way I think you can grow but just trying to share that there's a universal dynamic even after you're married you can still experience that same breakup sensation like your pre-programming you said it's like my instant solution is divorce like you like we might feel that with our person we're dating even though we're not married and like we we have the rights like we're not married right like Mm -hmm. whatever your values are around marriage marriage is meant to be a non it's like it's the binding lifelong commitment it's not meant to be like part-time until i change my mind that's not the intent of marriage but with no marriage right like it's like well if i change my mind at any point in time Mm. like i know we just need to break up right it's a different consequence at least mentally if not otherwise yeah
0: Yeah. but i think yeah
3: you can grow either way
0: we were talking, uh, Daniel came over for dinner last night and Morgan and I were talking with him. And, um, it took
2: you 10 years to invite me for dinner. Worth
0: <laughs> every minute that I waited. <laughs> <Where's> that? <laughs> I just judoed you to the ground. Okay. Uh, one of the things that Morgan brought up was the the difference between choice and decision. And, um, and I, I wonder if when we're dating, we feel like it's a choice. Right And, and like, and I, uh, which I want to, I want to clarify the choice versus decision thing, because, um, sometimes I think a choice is all you have the capacity to do. Like when someone says, and mm-hmm. I've heard this a lot in, the, in some communities I've participated in, and that is today I choose not to drink and, mm-hmm. and that's the best they can do. It isn't like I decide today. In other words, I make this long-term commitment. I commit to never drinking again. Not a lot of people can do that. That would be the equivalent of someone saying, "I'm never going to eat sugar again, ever again," or mm-hmm. like cut off any of the other million numbing things agents that we participate in all the time. Right? I'm never going to watch movies again. I'm never going to do this. Yet I want, and I, and I, and I'm hoping that a person can by making a choice every day to say, "Today I choose to be in in relationship with this person I'm dating." even though they're changing, even though they're not the person I thought they were going to be, even though I'm not the person I th- had anticipated being, I still choose this. And maybe we can go through the transformations we need to go through the metamorphoses, and st- continue to choose each other and continue yeah. to let our mutual respect grow. I, I, this is all here. You know, See, I'm there's just, some- just making shit up I as know. I go in here because I've not been in a relationship like this in a long time. So I can't say if that's right or not, but I'm, I'm hoping that they could happen
2: yeah and what would help it happen in my opinion is to like change and add a few more tools to what what relating to each other and being in a relationship long-term otherwise monogamous or otherwise like like people sleeping in different bedrooms having a connotation that you're that you're now out of love or something like Mm. not true Mm. people spending time away from each other extended like city slicker time you know where you go away for three months you know to go find your smile that's not indicative of you are not meant to be together. That's indicative of space needing space, individual space yeah. needing to be taken and experienced away from each other. Um I think that so it sounds
0: like what you're saying is you need to deconstruct what whatever you think committed marriage or committed slamming two is. lives together yeah.
2: into a little house and throwing kids and pets and jobs on top. It's the Wild. worst way. To yeah. like oh you're definitely providing a lot of resistance training you know and stress <laughs> Good for you. you know? maybe you'll make it through the fire but you're also like it's some of the worst circumstances how about we inst- i'm joking now but like yeah. a general acceptance no i'm not joking I'm, i'll phrase it how it actually is not a joke a general acceptance that let's not move in for two years keep separate houses for a long time <laughs> have your separate lives like if you can't you yeah. know Um, all of these ways of relating would in my opinion and in my experience help people get along more let alone Mm. non-monogamy uh directions toward that where like you can have more flirtatiousness is more accepted more touch is more accepted um and then all the way into sexual experiences and all the extreme example being a whole nother lover in life like Just deconstructing the rigid frameworks around some of these ways of relating, I think would vastly help people have success in relationships. Mm
0: -hmm. I can see why you would think that.
2: I know that from experience Mm -hmm. and myself. Why would you, why would you say that? That sounds like you disagree, but you're like,
0: well, I can't say, well, I can't agree because I, well, I can to some You've extent. I can to some extent. It. Like, uh, I think that... Um,
2: your your wife is going away on a multiple week adventure because you were like... 40 to 45
0: days. That's you right. know what I mean? Yeah. That,
2: takes, that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not saying everyone needs to do all the things I just mentioned. I'm saying there's a vast array of tools and yeah. ways that are on this buffet of the table and some of the rigid ideas of what, what we think of relationships and how it should have, they cut out that, they, they cut out those options.
0: No, I, I'm, I'm <clears throat> I am I, I'm in agreement on a lot of that stuff and, and, and a lot of, and the rest of it, it's a mystery to me. It's like, I don't like, maybe that works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, really?
2: I'm shocked to hear you say that. Yeah, that seems like a cop out.
3: I'm I'm tracking with you, Ronnie. I'm I'm. I feel like you're doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, I think what like what well, I think he is saying.
2: too, too. Yeah, I'm still think that. The I think is. No, I'm just, just like
3: adding. Yeah. To what
2: you're saying. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, I think it has like to, to, to. Okay, so you you know the cat's out of the bag. Morgan is going on a you know almost Was that a cat in the bag month, a little bit. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. Uh um, <laughs> tell
2: me about the cats in the bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Morgan is going to Spain to walk the Camino de Santiago, which is a, mm-hmm. which is a pilgrimage.
3: Yeah, I got and to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you really? Jeez. Oh amazing. Mm-hmm. You should text her. Yeah. Just send her a little um, okay. you know, some little nice things about that. Um, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So she, that had that had been a dream of hers to do since she was pregnant with Luca, and he's 15 mm-hmm. now and um and she had gotten to the end of a a a part of her job this last year where she had the bandwidth she had the time and i was just had this download i was like hey i think it's the time it's time for her to go do this Mm -hmm. we had not talked about it had not been part of our conversation and and when i went to go tell her i was like hey i think this might be a really great time for you to go do it she like looked at me kind of in shock and she showed me a stack of books that she had brought to her bedside mm-hmm. that morning. And one of them was the Camino. And, um, and I, I'm in complete agreement that we need more space than what we think marriage should have. Uh, I like, you know, one of you had said beginning, I can't remember who, so I apologize. Like, I think it was you talking about your, the person you're dating. who says, I understand that I, one person can't meet all my needs. Right it's a
2: that's where she's at right now she yeah and that. and
0: i and like morgan can't meet all my needs i can't meet all her needs because and even even when you and i said this to, earlier to you earlier today like when daniel came over for dinner last night like it was fun to watch them talk and have a conversation that morgan and i were unable to have daniel and i were unable to have but mm-hmm. together in that setting like they had and it was good for both of them and I think there's probably, you know, when we get into a monogamous relationship, like we un- unfortunately probably cut off a lot of relationships that should stay friendships that should stay open, opportunities to friendships that should stay yeah, open. Yeah, if you get into
2: uh, unhealthy monogamous relationship, I wouldn't just say it's a monogamous, there yeah, can be great monogamous yeah, totally. relationships yeah, yeah. that have tons of other aspects of intimacy with other people Yeah, still monogamous. So I
0: don't know, I don't see how you think I'm disagreeing with you though.
2: Because you said, I see how you could think that that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's me, all untested, it man. I mean, I, no, go I mean, ahead. I think it's all like no one knows that that is true or false. I like, would it's just with that. It's, it's pretty clear that someone can't. meet. Sorry, I'm sorry, Sherry. Go ahead.
3: Well, this is like a like a, a, a to me a framework, right? Like you're coming from the point of view of marriage because of the way you guys have pursued one another and all of the growth that you've done and what that means. You've done it in the framework of marriage. You've even, and correct me if I'm wrong, because this is me as an observer through watching your st- story online in little p- bits and pieces over time. Um, what's that book that talks about non-monogamy in marriage?
0: Um, the one with, um, uh, her name is Esther Perel, Mating in Captivity. I don't know
3: if it's, maybe, and that's the one where, it might be that one. It, it's, it's been really popular the past two years, Presenting the idea, like if you are married, it's okay to have extramarital affairs. Yeah, and maybe you might fit into that category of people where then you have a more successful marriage. Do you remember that book? There's a moment. I mean, uh, I've, I, you, I
0: mean there's a few books. Yeah, there's. Yeah. I mean, Esther Perel's yeah, book know, Made in Captivity" is very popular and says something similar. Yeah. And I've read yeah,
3: it. I'm totally paraphrasing, but there's yeah. a um a moment you and Morgan were in your car. And you posted this on social media, and you held up the book, that. and you yeah. were like, "We considered if this was for us, and we mm-hmm. agree, we agreed this isn't for us. We want monogamy, something mm-hmm. to that effect. Do you mm-hmm. remember that memory?
1: Yeah. And yeah, I don't yeah.
3: know if it was that book specifically or one like it,
1: mm-hmm.
3: but even the fact that you guys could have the conversation around, do we yeah. need to be open yeah. to and explore this? Yeah. I think is a huge battle, vulnerability, like a testament to how far you guys have come. But to tie this back to what you're saying, Daniel, like they're confronting those options in the framework of marriage where they very much expect. And again, this is me assuming certain things. So correct me if I'm wrong, that they won't be having extramarital experiences. And I I just can't imagine Morgan being like, yeah, you can have another lover. I just would just blow my mind if that became true. I mean, it's possible, but... But Sherry, sure, um, like to stop
2: you without going into the details, I know mm-hmm. a little bit more how the sausage is made with Ron. And it's not as simple sure. as, hey, we just posted and we're not, you know, it's not that. He is, they are further, and I won't go into the details, but like, <laughs> they are further along.
3: We're in- talking about you with you right here.
2: <laughs> Guys, I'm right here. <laughs> they're more open than your, what you just presented. And so well, I'm not saying um, what I'm presenting
3: your... is full the full picture. I'm just saying, as a married couple, that that's the beginning of their framework, where they're now exploring these other variety yeah. of things in the world. That's all I'm starting. I, with is I'm They have a different say, framework.
2: <laughs> I'm just trying to say, feel free to have your mind blown a little bit, just a little bit. Oh yeah, like loosened up because you know I I know Ron and and he he and he's been pretty open with. Uh, He and Morgan's conversation around this topic. And I totally agree with you. It's just so amazing that they're even willing to have it. It takes a lot of bravery. It doesn't even matter if they ever do that or don't do that or decide this or that. The conversation, I know my friend has scared him and has triggered him. And he's then had to confront that. And he's like a better person for even having the conversation. So I'm with you totally. Yeah.
0: Thanks for speaking on my behalf. Really appreciate it. Everybody. I'll do it. I just think there's something
3: different.
2: Do you have anything to say about all the stuff? Yeah. yeah perfectly. Uh,
0: <laughs> it is nuanced. And I, and I, especially coming from where we did, like it was a, a dangerous feeling conversation to have. And, and the, and the, you know, to clear, to clear the air, in case anyone's wondering, like I still choose monogamy and, mm-hmm. but I'm probably not for the same reasons that I would have, Ten years ago, sure. And and ten years ago, it would have been a, a care a, a question of mm-hmm. like religious um uh, paradigm, like what you're
3: supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the funny thing is, is like the thing that I can't kind of like get over the hump with monogamy for myself is I don't have the bandwidth for it. Like I like my brain gets so yeah, cool. fixated in not fun ways. Even trying to buy archery equipment, even trying to buy a new car, even (laughs) trying to like, you know, buy shit in my house, like that I know how fixated and wild my brain can like that the potential of that happening within multiple relationships there's a reason I don't drink guys like, like, <laughs> like, yeah, no. like, I understand there's like certain things in life that my, if my brain gets on that hamster wheel, like that hamster wheel is going to blow up and, mm-hmm. and, but you know, as far as like the character or p- religious paradigms around that, like I'm, I'm open for anything. I, I mean, I, I know the Bible very well. And I, and I, I see a lot of room for breaking traditions and examples of where it worked and didn't work. And I think that the reality is, is should everything be questioned totally? Are you still working with elements that are unpredictable? People, our feelings, our expectations, our desires, our deepest fears, our traumas that we're aware of and unaware of. Like that's that's a lot of stuff to try yeah. to like keep track of. And, and then you have to measure it against like, well, what's the... Um, what are the potential hazards of this and am i willing to to accept the risks am i willing to accept the pain and walk through the pain of this and one you know today i decide not to uh, i'm choosing not to drink
2: <laughs> well I, I think we're and going
0: choosing to be a monogamous
2: <laughs> uh <laughs> it's kind of like i i know um we've just got a few minutes left um, for me if you want
0: no, I think we should probably wrap this
2: up. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, like, kind of as a closing statement with this, is that, and this is one of the reasons that I like the type, like, uh, the 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 name of your podcast and what you do is it's a it's a big bag of worms for me, you know. And um, what I have found is that always, I almost always am breaking up, like from the very beginning of meeting someone. I experience the feeling of breaking up because being honest for me hmm. feels like I'm going to push the person away and I'm mm-hmm. choosing and I'm showing what's, cause I can tell if something's going to work or not work, but I can also tell, well, I have this other part that I hopes it will. And maybe if I just did this and this did that. And so doing that less, it's just like, as soon as I meet someone, we're breaking up in me being honest with, with them, because I got to say something that I'm afraid that will, they'll reject me. And a lot of times that happens. And that's why being honest is so scary. And I think that Mm. that has been really healthy for me is embracing the breakup, embracing people (laughs) coming in and out of my life, embracing being honest. And that person saying, no, thank you. You know, they're all breakups for me, you know, and it's just kind of, it makes life a lot easier, but it also makes it more painful, you Mm. know? But it also makes it more have more integrity and and the ground that I'm walking on each day being firm Hmm. and I you can do that in the marriage, I think you do that in the marriage you've done that a bunch and I just think that that's the underlying thing that's important through all this is just can we know ourselves and communicate that and get better and better and better at that and that'll help these breakups.
0: You should tell that to every
2: every guest who comes on. what what do you what what interesting I'm curious in closing. I hate to wrap this up so fast because this is like we could really talk about this a long time with both of you. you know, you you have so much more experience than I do, and and then I know him so well. it's just nice to have this conversation. This is a nice dynamic. But I am curious, kind of, just what do you kind of think in in closing sort of about this conversation at least today?
3: Well, first, I want to say uh, when you share that, to me, I really hear your heart express its longing for connection and intimacy. Something I've found with people, myself included, is we give away what we long for. You know, we're so willing to share a part of ourselves that we want to experience with someone else. And I see that over and over in the handful of conversations we had. I mean, we had a pretty intimate conversation about your relationship history and um, the fact that you're so passionate and committed to being that person who learns to face your fears, vulnerabilities, and then watch how that unfolds is really powerful. And I love that you have a voice in that, in this breakup, healing, um, personal growth journey. So I just, again, like see that and hear that really, really clearly and well with you. And I appreciate being able to hear that and the way that you're imprinting that in these stories. It's really, it's really um, that's huge a great model for people who are going through the same type of yeah. questions and wrestling matches that you are. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Thanks. We were just talking last night about take dating more seriously. If a person wants to be and find someone else, like you had, you had a friend who made it his job for you. He had the privilege to be able to do that, and he dated aggressively for a year, and he found someone he matched with, you know, through that process. And I, I just think that dating is, Oh, dating something that just like, it's a waste of time or I shouldn't really prioritize. It's like, if it's prioritize it for people and go on the adventure. So that means a lot. Mm Thanks. Thanks, Jerry
3: Yeah, of course. Um, and then just to some of the bigger philosophy of what we're discussing, I think if you're single trying to work through your healing, there's, and same thing with you're married and working through healing, there's no formula there's no answer. It's just a whole bunch of trial and error um <laughs> <That's true. Yeah. laughs>
1: well said yeah
3: and we and trying to decide what's right or wrong what's what's the best you know possible way of going about it we can't know unless we're in it like you were trying to say to Daniel mm-hmm. like yeah i can't agree or disagree with you fully because i'm not on your side of the fence and Tell then we- when you
0: I think that was what oh, I was trying okay. to say. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Probably should hang out with this more often.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sherry. Sherry. I'm gonna add you to this call. Gonna- <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'd be happy to. Um awesome. yeah, and we can't know, but when you have gone through the commitment side of it and have had. And I'm just using you as an example, and maybe mm-hmm. I got too far in the personal details of stepping out of my bounds to try to help illustrate what I'm communicating. But uh, you, you, you only can speak from the perspective that you have. And you and Morgan have gone through several breakups, and I'm just using that word loosely to maintain a healthy, functional, forward-moving relationship, whatever it ends up becoming, and how yeah. it becomes that. Right? You guys don't know. You're just holding on. It's a wild ride, um, and just in that concept of giving ourselves permission to one, look at the picture that we thought we wanted and had and it, whether it's of who we are or what the relationship is or who our future, you know, unknown mystery person might be. And then to experience it and learn from it, just like you're saying, Daniel, like it, it's, it's messy. It's uncomfortable. I don't think it gets more comfortable as you're married. I think it continues to be a different set of variables that you're, you learn to work through. Um, I think as we get older, we have more discernment and awareness perhaps of what that looks like for us. Like it's nice that we're in our thirties and forties and we can say, so with so much concrete clarity, know yourself, know what you want, know what you don't want, and then move in, move in integrity and move forward in that. But when we're younger, it's just like, I think you're hot, you know, and <laughs> wanting to do this life, you yeah, know, like yeah. who knows, right? It's just a lot less. <laughs> yeah, and lot. plus, our culture has shifted a ton in the past 20 years. Like,
0: yeah, how even people are. I was thinking, like, even since there weren't like dating apps, like when you and I were like first mm-hmm. friends, like, I was just thinking about the time we spent together. It's so, kind of surprising we didn't run in the same circles a couple of times, like, weren't in the same room at the beginning of this because. Uh, I met him through buzz and, but my, my point about that is, is like, even in 10 years, it's changed dramatically. I was just thinking there are ways of doing relationship that no one could imagine 10 years ago Mm -hmm. because of these apps, it's dictating the way that we present ourselves and the way that we now have to like maintain some idea of like, am I matching up with a thing that I've presented out there? That's what I'm guessing is like, yeah. And, and, and the brain is still, you know, like, more or less prehistoric, like, it's still like, you know, on the African savannah trying to figure it out, like trying to figure out where the mammoth is. And now we're dealing with untold increase in factors that are that our brain has to handle and it is not easy.
3: Oh, I just want to doing
0: okay. You need help with anything. You just need a hug or anything. Me? Yeah. No, I just (laughs) have to walk through. No, just like the the rigmarole of dating online.
2: Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't know that it's easy for dating to be a a pessimistic. Oh, the world is is doomed and I hate online dating. It's like, in my opinion, in my experience, dating like social media, like any other social media is a reflection of you. If you hate the apps and you hate doing it, it's probably got more to do with you than the apps and maybe that or, thing has to do with is that you can't stand being online yeah well, then that's a you problem not an app problem yeah
3: can Sorry. i like add to that and just a different Please. metaphor Definitely. that i think hopefully people might relate to is um you know every time you jump into a pool like let's say the temperature outside is a little bit cooler and the, you don't know like you don't want to jump in because like you're anticipating it's going to be the water is going to be too cold for your comfort it's like one of those things like when you, when you fully immerse yourself in the water, like you get warmer, right? If you go swimming in the ocean, once you're you in go. the water, it's not as cold. It's the same thing. It's like, there's this trepidation of like, what the heck is gonna, what's the temperature check? And how do I navigate it? And some people yeah. are just like, full on, I'm going to dive in. I don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but I'll deal with it. And then other people are really, really like, you know, tepid and nervous and like might change their mind and run out and come back in. Like, I think it's like a similar yeah. experience with that's online a, that's dating. A, that's a good in one,
2: six one, years yeah. of online dating and doing it pretty consistently, I, in the last month, am finally
3: You're probably like people. a lighthouse for people, you know, like, hey, I, come on in. The water is fine. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, kind of because But my point is, it's just in the last month, I've started attracting people that I really align with. It took me mm. six years of working on it to get my profile, how I present myself, grow my life, how to communicate, how to play the game, enjoy the game. It, it's don't just dive into this whole new world mm. and think, oh, it doesn't work online dating sites. Right. It's like you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta, there's a lot to learn, you know, but it's beautiful. The connections that are being made are amazing.
3: Mm-hmm. Solid, solid. Um, just to be sensitive time, I just want to add this one other comment when you brought up decision versus choice yeah. and back to that whole like primal yeah. uh, how our brain works thing. I love that you guys brought that up last night. Um, in my experience working with people's bodies and helping their bodies heal, um, which is like, you know, holistic, it changes your emotions, changes your thoughts, etc. Our brain needs choice to change. Uh, so making a decision can get us in trouble because then we feel the pressure, whether it's conscious or not to commit and follow through with that decision. Even if all of our sensory feedback is telling us we need to change our mind, Mm. but we don't let ourselves make a different choice. And then we like assume whatever our history, our narrative is, wherever those ideas come from, like, here's the possible ways about going to keep this commitment or escaping kind of like how you said, like, Oh, I only knew divorce. not the 500 other ways to problem solve, right? Like your brain just picked the yeah. one thing that it was most familiar with. Yeah. Um, novelty is what literally changes our brains. So when we're like babies growing or all of our developmental stages are about novelty and making a decision or making a choice, you know, mm. I mean, a, a choice is a decision, but
2: yeah. the
3: idea of I made a decision is like almost like a finite commitment versus every moment I get sensory feedback, I'm going to adapt to the new information in my reality and yeah. then yeah. learn from that and make a new choice. And that's literally how our brains grow until the die. Mm. So it's pretty cool. And just we're designed mm. to do life yeah. by making choices. Otherwise we awesome. get stuck in freeze patterns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thanks sure. for sharing that. I appreciate that, Sherry. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You're, a, you're a deep. Well, thank you for uh, participating in the conversation with us. I know, you know, talking and talking uh, uh, it's it's just tempting to like ask you more and more but the truth is is that part of reason me and ron do this podcast and big reason is for us to work out how to talk about this and how to communicate so thanks mm-hmm. for just listening so well you're such a good listener
3: thank yeah. you yeah it's my pleasure thank you for having me on as a guest it's, it's good fun. to see you Sherry. Nice i love it yeah I, I love that we got <laughs> yeah. to do
2: this all right mm-hmm. see you next time take care